Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Fuldell, and today is February 9th, 2022. And welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast. It's Holy Wasty Day on Hump Day. It's Wednesday, and we're halfway through the week. So, uh, yeah, the Wasty came out today, and uh, I'm joined by Nicole Thomas, Vice President of Information Sales and Service. Hello, Nicole. How are you today? Hello, Michael. I, I, I saw the Geico commercial when you said that. <laughs> it's Hump you know, Day. Yeah, it's, it's home day. day. I'm also joined. You heard that voice. It's Craig Ruffalo, Vice President of McKinney Flow. Hello, Craig. Hey, guys. How are you? Well, happy Wednesday to everybody. You know what I think we should do? What? I think what? we should dive right into it. Mm-hmm. Do you want to dive right into yeah, it? Let's why dive. not? I, I think we're going to start with the easy one, and that's sugar. So, Craig, why don't you talk a little bit about sugar, and then we're going to let Nicole take care of uh, <laughs> the grains. <laughs> All right? Fun Absolutely. times. Absolutely. Let's do that. I mean, Nicole's going to have a lot to talk about on the global grains market. So we're going to give her the, the floor here in a second. On the sugar side, Department of Agriculture, again, surprises a little bit with a upward revision to the Louisiana cane crop after in uh, December lowering it. We're now in a second straight month of increasing production out of Louisiana. Uh, Now, interestingly enough on that, you would think with more domestic production, uh, we would see a little bit of a relaxation in the number 16 raw sugar market. But no, no, we're not. Uh, we saw only a minor reduction in the TRQ imports. So as a result, what did we see? We saw the number 16 market actually go up in the deferred markets, most likely on the anticipation of some lower exports out of Mexico, which means that we're going to have a fight for the Louisiana raw sugar once again. We're going to have excess in Louisiana and a lack of, uh, I'll call it export coming out of Mexico. So the net result of the, the sugar WASDE report was higher stocks to use ratio projected at almost 15%, but yet a tighter raw sugar market due to the fact that it's going to be stuck in Louisiana and high prices to move it outside. On the Mexico side, uh, they lowered imports. They increased the domestic consumption by just a slight amount, 11,000 tons net net of everything. Their exports are going to go down to the world market. Uh, and, uh, Inventories are projected almost flat at just over 900,000 metric tons. One side note is USDA is projecting in 2021-22 a lowering of HFCS consumption in Mexico uh, by 10,000 metric tons. This will be the third straight year of reduced HFCS use in Mexico, all promising to suggest that we are continuing to see consumers lower the consumption of sweetened beverages in Mexico on a per capita basis based on beverage taxes and the fight against diabetes. Bottom line for everybody, the colloquium is coming up. You'll have massive amounts of opportunity to talk with your suppliers. Beet sugar production still well over 5 million short tons, so we should have plenty of supply um, to meet contract obligations for this year. It's just going to be a challenge on the 16th. And Craig, you're talking at the colloquium, uh, I think twice now. So what, what are you going to be talking about? So on the first one, we're actually going to be talking a little bit about both sugar and corn sweeteners and market expectations for the rest of this year and moving into negotiations and some of the things that are impacting both the raw sugar market as well as the refined sugar market and, and corn wet milled products. The second one is managing risk. 
So it's a new session for the uh, IDFA and Sweetener Users Association. So I will be giving a little bit of a talk on, is it really any outlet for buyers out there other than just getting long sugar by contracting further forward? Is there any other ways that they should be looking at mitigating risk? Love it. Look forward to that. Let's shift over to Nicole and uh, Grain Markets. The floor is yours, Nicole. Yes, I get to fill in for Eric. I'm going to try my best. You know, he's the he's the wheat guy. But wheat, fortunately, was reasonably quiet. Exports were lowered for the fourth consecutive month. That was down from 825 to 810 million bushels. Don't think that was necessarily surprising. Uh, small adjustments uh, lower to the seed and food demand. We had seed down about 2 million bushels to 64 million. And food used down 3 million bushels to 959 million. And overall, ending stocks got a little better, 20 million bushels better from 628 to 649 million bushels. So somewhat good news there. And then from a global perspective, 2.2 million metric ton production decrease to 776 and some change million metric tons from the world less China category falling again, 2.2 million tons, slight increase to imports of 2.2 million tons. Uh, And that was partially offset by a 1 million ton increase to feed demand. So overall, ending stocks globally for wheat fall by 1.7 million tons uh, to now come in just a bit above 278 million. So wheat was my easy one. Progressively getting harder. Now corn. Actually, was pretty quiet as far as the domestic uh, balance sheet was concerned. You wouldn't necessarily know that by the futures market today. But U.S. ending stocks actually remained unchanged at 1.54 billion bushels. You know, analysts were uh, expecting maybe some minor changes to stocks, potentially via higher use number for ethanol production. Didn't see that. So not a huge shock to the system there, so to speak. And some have also wondered about the potential for additional export demand if this Ukrainian-Russian conflict worsens and limits exports out of Ukraine particularly to China. However, as of the week ending January 27th, total commitments for the U.S. were 73% of USDA's current projection of a little over 2.4 billion bushels. So that leaves us a little room for additional sales uh, without the need to change the projection. So stocks to use unchanged at 10.4%. And of course, those who have been around for a while know that that is still deemed a bullish to price stocks to use ratio. So prepare for a little bit of that. Globally, ending stocks were reduced by almost uh, a million tons to three, a little over 302 million. Uh, but we also saw a likewise reduction to consumption expectations, which ultimately kept the stocks to use uh, number unchanged at 21.6%. Again, still seen as a reasonably bullish stocks to use. And within the detail there, Brazilian production lowered by a million tons to 114. uh, And that's likely an attempt to account for uh, some of these in-country reports uh, suggesting that, you know, this year's weather may have reduced uh, the first season crop that is currently being harvested. And now not addressed in this report. And frankly, probably too early to make much of it just yet anyway. There are some rumblings about shortages of a key herbicide used by Brazilian producers that could ultimately be impactful to prospects for the safrina crop. So keep in mind, Brazil's second season crop 
uh, can represent, you know, as much as 75% of the annual production. Uh, and that is the crop that's most used for export. So something to watch in the coming weeks as that crop gets planted. But if you really want to know what's driving the futures market right now, it is the soy complex. Now, domestically, we saw a slight increase to soybean crush. They took that up, 25 million bushels. That now sits at 2.215 billion uh, and no change to exports. Now, that's something that may change down the road, but at least for the time being, that remains at 2.05 billion bushels. Um, so overall, those changes led to declining ending stocks down 25 million bushels to 325 million. Now, the, the bigger piece and what the market's really been watching is the global balance sheet. Uh, and to some degree, that didn't disappoint, although arguably there's more reduction possible in later reports. So Brazilian production reduced by 5 million tons to 134 million. But quite a few private forecasters are pegging that crop closer to 130 million tons. Uh, you can even find some that are suggesting they think it's going to be lower yet. So that will be something to watch in future reports. And the Argentine crop was reduced by one and a half million tons to 45 million feels a little better. Um, but it too has some analysts suggesting that number could be a bit lower. So we'll see there. Now, also worth noting, production in Paraguay was reduced by over 2 million tons. And that's typically not a country folks talk much about because of, of that country's production numbers relative to the two giants in South America. But Paraguay does usually export about half of its production to neighboring countries, including Argentina. Well, Paraguay just booked its first ever soybean purchase from Argentina, 18,000 metric tons. So noticeable revisions to exports falling 5 million uh, to 165 million uh, that helped buffer some of that ending stocks decline, which ultimately was 2.4 million tons. That puts us a little under 93 million tons. And I say all that to say, it is still a number worth watching and there will likely be further adjustments. And it would not be out of the question that by the time we get closer to the end of this uh, marketing year, you see those ending stocks closer to 90 million tons. So that explains why you saw this double digit increase to soybean futures today. Now, lastly, let's talk about soybean oil. Now, good news is, the increase to that crush domestically caused a likewise increase to soybean oil production. Uh, so that went up from 25.91 billion to 26.205 billion. That also, that change also led to soybean oil stocks coming up by 160 million pounds, now pegged at 2.076 billion. Okay, that's what we have on paper. But I'd caution folks to not get too excited about that number. USDA did not change uh, soybean oil exports. And that may be key for a reason. Not visible in today's WASDE report, but worth following, is this, the, the recent story out of Indonesia for palm oil. Now there, the government is limiting palm oil exports via its domestic market obligation. 
which calls for exporters to sell 20% of their intended exports instead into the Indonesian market. Now, over the last few years, those exports have ranged between about 26 to 28 million tons uh, on a marketing year basis. If we use the low end of the range and consider, say, you know, half the marketing year uh, being gone, that would remove something like, you know, two to maybe three million tons of oil out of the export market. And that will have to be made up somewhere. Uh, meanwhile, the crush pace for canola and Can- and Canada has been incredibly strong, but something has to give before the end of the crop year or stocks will be in the red. And we know we can't have stocks in the red. So accordingly, we could see some sharp drops in crush there in the coming months. And accordingly, less of available oil for export into the U.S. Hence why you are seeing so much strong support for soybean oil futures, for palm oil futures, and uh, some of those ridiculous basis numbers on canola oil, because this it has been and remains a tight market. And <laughs> because it, who needs another factor to throw into the mix? Watch the macro picture right? and its potential impact on everything from currency to commodity prices. Another piece of news that came out today sounds like the ECB, which would be the equivalent of the Fed for the EU, has reversed course on its uh, original tone that and is now suggesting uh, that it that rate hikes are likely in 2022. This is re- this is reasonably new. Is beforehand they said, "Oh, this is inflation, but it'll calm itself down." Seems uh, they feel a little differently these days. So all those things in mind pretty much set up a reasonably bullish grains and oil seeds mar- uh, futures market. Um, at least uh, until we see some certainty in terms of production out of South America and what we end up with in the U.S. and the Northern Hemisphere, for that matter, with acreage for all of these key things. Fun times? Fun times. You having fun yet? Uh, no. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. We're, of course we're having. Yeah. We're having well, a great time. We're great, great time. So <laughs> great recap, Nicole. Great recap, Craig. Before we let everybody go... Remember, you can go to our website at mckinney-favel.com. You can register for our Spring Market Outlook Seminar on April 27th in Oak Brook, Illinois. That's just outside of Chicago. And uh, you can do, you can either come see us in person or you can do it virtually. It's gonna, you're going to have an option. And you yeah. can re- register online. Um, all the uh, gaggle of analysts. Love that term. You like that? That's uh, good. Gaggle. We'll, we'll be there. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you have supply chain woes, which all of you do, uh, <laughs> we'll be talking about that amongst uh, many other things and what to, to look out for. And we've related it all to board games. So it's yes. going to be fun as heck. Well, I guess a gaggle of analysts is better than a murder of analysts, right? Ooh. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Crows. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to let everybody go. Hey, it's Wednesday. We're going to have another uh, podcast on Friday, so look forward to that. We'll yeah. do our predictions on the uh, Super Bowl then. Oh, and remind them about the webinar. we got a webinar shortly. Uh, Nicole, why aren't you? They've heard enough of me. You tell us about the webinar. Well, you know, it's been 2020. 2021 things get better in 2022 Uh, maybe not well this webinar you'll get an opportunity to hear our thoughts on all these markets and what you might expect for 2022 so you definitely don't want to miss that absolutely not right why would you 
It'd be silly to miss. I Come know. on. You, you, you must you must attend. Must attend. Sugars, corn sweeteners, corn, soybeans, other oils, cocoa and chocolate, wheat. I mean, whole base, all the bases covered in, in an hour. That's great. Excellent. Well, everybody will look forward to talking to you then at that webinar. Uh, maybe seeing you at our Spring Market Outlook. Uh, as I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute, moment with your friends and family. Don't you dare take it for granted. And until next time, take care, everybody. See ya. Bye. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favel.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.